At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. Check it out now. Tuesday morning, September 5th, 2023. It is the Beating the Book podcast, Megapod, week number one of the NFL season. Our 13th year doing the Megapod. 13. We were podcasting before podcasting was cool. Thank you for all your loyalty through the years doing this. It's Gil Alexander. Let me introduce the two staples of the show. I'm at the D. I barcaded at the D here in Las Vegas. Two staples of the show this year. One from his mom's cork attic. You know him well. Star of the Showtime docuseries action and this here podcast. It's Todd Wishnev. How you doing, Dad? I'm doing great because of this. All right, Todd. Do you want to? This is Todd. Oh this my is not, God! This is not a video, Todd. This is a, this is Houston actual Texas audio. Score on fourth and twenty to give Todd the championship last year with a thirty twenty two and one record, beating Gilly thirty twenty three by a half a game. And I bring it up only because Fezzik's here with us. And he told me that the Texans would tank in the last week. Wasn't, wait a minute. Wasn't there controversy surrounding that last last year? You did not win. There was controversy surrounding it. Could you explain why? You created controversy. No, I didn't create any controversy. There was controversy. You didn't win it outright. Stop it already. 30-22-1-30-23. No, there was controversy. I have to go back and listen now because you're not being forthright about it. Wasn't there controversy? No, you can go back and listen. I won on that play, on the 4th and 20 play, if you remember correctly. I'm going to say no. But whatever. I'm going to say you didn't. Remember I did the, remember I did the announcer's okay. voice and you guys were making fun of me because it was oh, ridiculous. Because yeah. you, you did Andre Where is an old southern gentleman. That's right. I forgot. <laughs> uh, the other staple of the show this year, uh, new to the Megapod, he was, he's been a guest before. It is Fox Sports' Will Hill, everybody. How you doing, Will? Boys, I'm honored. I'm excited to be on. I just hope Gil lets Todd talk. I mean, you could say Todd interrupts, but Gil just doesn't give him the opportunity to talk. So hopefully that happens oh, this God. year. I'm excited. Football's back. Let's go. Oh, man. Tell us, uh, by the way, on Fox, what are you doing exactly with the Bear? Yeah, that's going to be part of Bear Bets podcast. First episode aired last Thursday. I'm part of a roundtable with uh, the Bear, Jeff Schwartz, former NFL offensive lineman who you've had on this podcast, and Sammy P, and of course myself. So, uh, should be fun. They drop usually Thursday morning sometimes, so look for that this week. Jeff Schwartz, big fan of Todd's as well. We established that yeah. when he was on here. Uh, and we always have, of course, the uh, the Megapod format is that we always have a rotating guest each and every he week. He didn't like that I challenged him on the Steelers' offensive line. Sorry. 
The rotating guest week one is the only back-to-back -back champion of the Hilton Super Contest back in the day. Uh, one of the smartest betters we know. A former actuary who uses his math prowess to aggressively get the best of every number. Steve Fezzik, everybody. How you doing, man? What huh? about how thin he is? You forgot that you, you well, buried the lead. Todd, Look how thin Todd, he is. Todd, we'll get there. Could you just stop? Really, this is a bad start. Really? Well, not for those who bet over six and a half interruptions. That's because right. those right. guys are off to a, a good start here <laughs> yes, on are. the prop betting market. Oh, my God. Um, first Honored all, to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for doing it. We'll have you on again later this year as well. But um, you, how, mu how much do you weigh right now? 202. Ooh. But good news. Yeah. When I weighed myself this morning, I was above 200. Yeah. And that means I'm not allowed to eat until the sun goes down. It's like. Do you really hold to that? You just fast? Yeah. That's like it, wow. it, it's like the stopgap. I cannot go above 200. Todd ridiculed the method. Ridiculed it. Todd, uh, the the Ozempic or whatever Todd, Todd is taking is not uh, is not working for him. Well, he's he's I'm he's doing well the last week though. Yeah. Okay. I'm not on Ozempic. Uh, after I gained back all the weight, like a loser, I went on Monjaro and it's slowed. I've lost about 15, 20 pounds, but I'm okay. not doing well. All right. Uh, could you ex tell the people what text you received before this show? Yeah, so I got text from our, our, our panel here. This is from Todd. Give me two or three week one NFL points. No, please. No, thank you. Just give them to me. Yeah. Oh, okay, Stevie. If that's the game we're going to play, go ahead. And what did Will, what did Will say? I'm just answering the question. You just answering the question. Uh, Will said, uh, what is your first Megapod pick? My God. I need to know. I responded like in the Wonka movie. That would be cheating, Will. To which he responded, oh, it's not cheating. Can you give me your picks? This is serious business, people. Come on. This is I like hearing what Steve has to say so then I can shoot it down. Like last year he said the Texans oh. are going to are the Texans are going to uh are, are they, they're going to tank in the last game of the season. But I said no they're not. 4th and 20. It's a touchdown. 32-31. Thank you. Oh, can we can we can we establish one thing before we start the show because there's a lot of people who are on gambling Twitter. Are you and Brad Powers friends? Are you enemies? What's the story with that? It kind of depends upon the day. Okay. And who and who got the the, the best of the other you know, um, on the last game. Okay. By the way, Powers like leaned to Clemson last night. I didn't see it myself. I was on Duke. Clemson <laughs> should have had twenty more points. But, no, yeah. the, 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 oh, if you cashed with the under, you probably were a little bit fortunate. Todd, oh. Todd, and I liked the third quarter under. That had, was an easy one, right? I, I had the second half under, which is ridiculous that that got home. But so did I. But I will say this about Steve Fezzik, who not only is a is a really good better. And I hope you don't take this. I said this to you before. I hope you don't take this with offense. I, I say it with such envy. You are also the luckiest better I've ever, and I, I mean this. If something has a chance to go your way, Todd, back me up on this. Somehow, what's the word you use? Luckbox? Stevie Luckbox? Steve, Stevie, I call him Stevie Luckbox. He is he is the lucky, I mean, now maybe it hasn't been his whole life, but he's on a run right now where his fortuitiveness for example, last night, the third quarter under, which we had absolutely no chance of covering and somehow did. Okay. So people know the format of this show, and I want to get into it. And the format is, by the way, just to uh, remind myself while I remind everybody, three best bets of the week, sides or totals, teaser of the week. We're talking about a two-team six-pointer. If you want to give a survivor play, you can. That's optional. And then, of course, at the end, which big favorite is most likely to lose outright, which game you want no part of. Uh, in terms of the spread. Before we do that, since it is week one, Steve, is there anything you would like to impart on the audience, either from a an opinion standpoint or just a macro betting standpoint? 
you know, any one season, there's a whole lot of luck involved with all this. So if, if you tell me, like, a major contest and there's 10,000 people in it, well, whoever wins, that's got to be, like, one of the best bettors in the world. Well, not so much. You know, Jamie Gold won, you know, the main event and dodged raindrops for seven days. You know, Moneymaker, who's, Money a, pr- who's a pretty good poker player, actually. Yeah. But you got, got the aggression part, right? But he's not going to be confused with a top 50 player in the world. So don't overreact. I ran better than God in 2008 and 2009 when I won the four contests. And the thing about that, I had four first-place finishes. You know how many top 20s I had? How many? Four. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, that's, that's running good. Yeah, running good. By the way, about that poker thing, this is a true story. My dad's cousin's kid finished third once year, the the, one year in in World Series. Wow! So uh, it is, and he's completely not a poker player, right? Mm-hmm. Finished third. Look it up. Ben Venisti was the last name. Mm-hmm. Ben Venisti. Um, okay. So Will Todd, same question to you. Is there anything you all want to say before week one, or you just want to dive into the format? What do you want to do, Will? Yeah, I would say division dogs week one. I mean, first of all, I just hate laying a number really any time in the NFL. But week one, uh, you made the point. You know, we think we know stuff, but Colorado TCU, perfect example. We don't know as much as we think we know. So be careful laying points, which is going to get contradicted by some of my picks. But uh, week one, traditionally good for the dogs, especially division dogs at home. Dad? I mean, to that end, I would have had the second place uh, pick in, in the uh, brackets uh, tournament, NCAA tournament uh, challenge over thousands of people for a million dollars in the DraftKings. So, you know, you called my picks Fakakta when I said San Diego State versus UConn, and uh, that's what ended up happening. And I will say, what Will, is, if you guys it, don't listen amazing. to the— this guy's amazing. If you guys don't listen to the NCAA tournament podcast that Gilly does, you should start doing this. <laughs> Will Hill had FAU in the Final Four, and I had San Diego State UConn, and so you should listen to that. That NCAA podcast might have been the most accurate, insane betting display ever. Will did have FAU in the Final Four. Todd had San Diego State. And I know Todd tells stories a certain way, which always cast dispersions on others, particularly me. But what did I say to you multiple times during that podcast? Multiple times. Right, and there's a, he's right, and Put there's a reason why. Put in your entry. Put in your damn entry, you fool. You big fool. And you didn't, and it almost cost you a million dollars. When you say big, are you referring to how, how large a fool he is or how large he is as a person? Oh, I'll leave that up to the listener. All right. I'll leave that up to the listener. All right. You know what's funny? I live in Connecticut. FAU was a split second away from winning the national championship in Connecticut because Connecticut teams don't count in that pool. So <laughs> oh, they're winning yes. with a tenth of a second left. San Diego State hits a shot, which I didn't bet him to win the national title. So if they won that game, I probably would have been uh, would have been kicking myself. But a little little uh, nugget there just based on the rules. FAU was that close to being uh, declared the champion, at least for, for Connecticut purposes. How often do you go back and watch the Elite Eight game where FAU gets into the Final Four? No, I don't. I don't relive the past. Maybe three, four times a week tops. <laughs> sure, I'm sure. All right, uh, let's do this. Week one of the NFL, and again, this is the caveat of, look, even Survivor pools are hard. Week one, we know stuff to a degree, but there's some stuff we always learn every week. One, oh my God, we had it so wrong about this team. But these all count still. Todd is still bragging about apparently his half-game win over me last year, which apparently is under protest. Um, First so- of all, 53 games is a gigantic sample size. It's almost like thousands of games, 30, 22, and 1. It's unbelievable. Not quite, but yeah. You know, in order to tell whether someone's actually a winner, and this is like uh, just fooled by randomness type of things, you really need like 5,000 trials. Right. It is, it is remarkable how, like, like Don Schlesinger wrote a book, Blackjack Attack, 
and he like shows players A, B, C, and D, and they play for like three months, and there's like a hundred thousand hands they played, and player A is getting burnt, crunched, and player C is kicking butt, and he's like, and he explains why player A is struggling so much, the mistakes he's making, and then player C and why he's doing so well, and he says, I'm just lying. They they both played perfectly. <laughs> player A got unlucky. It it really is true though, and even even someone like yourself who won back to back, but we've had others like James Salinas, Las Vegas Chris, who who does well in multiple contests. Um, Two years is not enough, not even close to the number you just cited, right? So it's someone's go- someone is going to run good in these contests. Hopefully it's you listening right now. Um, but, boy, it's just going to be, uh, you know, the, the normal grind of millions or of, of the Westgate contest, five picks a week if you're in a contest. That way, Survivor is in play as well. Um, those are so much fun as we do this and try to make money on actual bets. So let's start with our uh, our actual best bets of the week. We'll rotate these. Steve, we'll start with you. What's your favorite side or total? You know, let's go with the total. Um, and this is more of a gut feel than anything else. So Eagles at Patriots, we're going to go under 45. I, I don't want to get in trouble with the accountants. Todd, you're the, the numbers guy. That's that's readily available, right? That was already one of my picks. <laughs> yeah, shocker. That's funny. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I share, I want to disclose, yeah. I share my plays with Todd. Yeah. You know, before. I guess it's not, no, 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 Stevie, I guess it's not written down right here before you said anything. Thank I, you. I sent it to you in June. Um, the, the, <laughs> court, court stenographer of the Megapod, also a court thief of the. Uh, this is kind of like in the movie. Oh God! Like, like the, the stenographer is like nothing. George Burns said is like is, is is recorded here. He said he couldn't be hurt. He couldn't be recorded. Um, I I just think that I'll forget um, to send you. I'll forget to send my in-game college basketball. That's two for those counting. Um, on interruptions. So so I just think Patriots aren't going to score much against the Eagles. The Eagles have the Super Bowl hangover. Um, they didn't play their starters in preseason, which depresses scoring for the offense. Um, there was a, a, a tweet by Cleve T.A. that was outstanding about teams that don't play their, their, oh, their starting quarterback. Yeah. The offenses, like, struggle They're in terms of, I think, like five points less than what their team total is. So if the Eagles are going to score less than they're supposed to, and I don't think the Patriots are going to score a lot, and we've got a total that's still above average at 45, this has a 23-20 to 20 scrum look to it. I'll go under the 45. All right, under 45 on the Patriots and the Eagles. William, Wilson Hilson, everybody. The reason I asked Fez for his first pick, I was sh- very certain he was going to take this one. I'm happy he didn't. Give me Miami plus three. If you're going to tell me just, hey, out of the 32 teams, pick two teams that are as even as it gets. I would pick Dolphins and Chargers. I think they're just dead even teams. Chargers have a very slight, uh, slim to none uh, home field advantage. Travel, you don't worry about this time of the year. So I just don't know how you get to three with this number. There's starting to be some three and a half minus 120. Uh, to me, again, dead even teams. You're going to give me the three. I'll take it. This open Chargers pick at Chargers pick. Look, I, I think I have some Chargers pick in my account. I lean to that side, but three points in terms of the adjustment. I don't understand. I know Miami's got some injuries with Ramsey and the offensive lineman, but I will take the points here and, uh, let me let me put Fez to work here just quickly. Fez, if you can get three and a half minus 120, what is a profitable middle the other, the other side on the Chargers money line? I'm curious what your thoughts are on that. All right. So well, the line is currently at three. So if you can get three and a half, you're going to cash 55 percent because literally if three is the correct line, which I'm going to do for this middling, it's going to get, you're going to go 45, 10 and 45. If you lay three or take three. So if you take three and a half, you you win with that. If it lands on three, so you're going to win 55 percent of the time. If you're playing plus three and a half, lay a dollar twenty. That's a break-even bet on the. So now we need a positive EV on the money line, 
in order to turn a profit. I think at Novig, money line on a three-point favorite is minus 147, plus 147, minus 145. Well, from off the top of my head would okay. be pen, with the plus three and a half, minus 120, you're frying hamburgers. It's like a 0.5% edge on the middle. That's what you wanted, Will? Yeah, I was just curious because I'm seeing, like, again, there's some 3.5 minus 20 popping up, and there's some minus 160 charges on the money line. That's not quite close enough, but, I mean, there's there comes a point here where if you can just shop around and be good at shopping, uh, it's intriguing to just play the middle because, to me, this has, like, 27, 24 charges written all over it. The, the problem with the minus 160 is that you can play the minus 3, minus 110 even, and that's and that's superior bet. So, you, so trying to get at the money line is going to be an inferior bet. And, by the way, laying 3 – and taking three and a half is is approximately break even, but now you're paying extra big on the three and a half, so that won't that won't fly. So you took the Dolphins there, Will plus three. Is that the bet? Dol- Dolphins plus three. Dolphins plus three. All right, Todd. Todd is the official uh, lines keeper as well. What do you got, Todd? What's your first? By the way, I, uh, that's an interesting conversation you guys were just having. Now, let's say there was nine minutes left in the game, and you could get the three and a half versus a three, and the, the game was like right near those numbers or the or the minus one sixty at that point. Would you have? Would it be more worthwhile because there's so many less outcomes that could happen, and landing, you know, where it, you know, in the middle there is obviously a lot more uh, likely. Steve, your thoughts? It all depends, but. It all- in general, yes. So, I, I mean, if the game's tied, on or off the three is probably going to be worth 65 cents, at least, if not more. If if, if the Chargers are hit by two, it's pretty worthless. Well, it's not worthless, but it, it depends. But, yes, directionally, you're spot on, right? Okay. That was just a question ahead. Okay. My first pick is was also, even though Steve's going to say that I stole it from him, I didn't. I just I had this written down. I didn't know you even gave it to me in June. But the point is, is I'll take the Patriots, not for the reasons that he stated about, you know, teams that don't play the uh, first string and all that nonsense, but great job, Cleve TA. Um, I'm going to take it just based on one thing. I think the Patriots know, and Bill Belichick seems to be a decent coach, they cannot score with the Philadelphia Eagles. There is no chance in hell that if this game was some kind of shootout, uh, Bill, Bill, Bill Belichick knows he can stay close. He knows he can't. He knows he has to slow this game down to an absolute crawl and make it a scrum. And that's why I like the under 45 too. I just think there's there, you know, Bill Belichick at home is going to do everything in his power to make this a scrum low scoring game. And that's why I'll take the under 45 as well for my first pick. All right. I am, All right. I am going into that game and I am countering what my friend, Dr. Bob has Dr. Bob's one NFL play that he has. He's on the Patriots. I'm going oppo. Ooh. I'm taking the Eagles, and I'm laying the four. Um, I don't quite get it. I really don't. Like, I, I have a feeling that by the second quarter, everyone in their heads will say to, to themselves, oh, my God, this team's the fucking greatest team in the whole league. And what have we been talking ourselves out of offseason? Now, I could be terribly wrong. I could be terribly wrong, and apparently the uh, the analytics community knows something that I don't on the Patriots. But I will take this all day long. And one of the things, yeah, certainly the coordinators are a highlight here where the, the Eagles have lost both of theirs. And in the Patriots' case, they've gotten rid of the Fakakta <laughs> way that they did it last year. So I, I concede that. Um, but I'm going to lay the points here. Week one, where I don't want to overthink it too much, I'm going to be okay losing this. But I certainly, if the Eagles roll them, I don't want to not be a part of that. So I'm taking the Eagles. I am laying the points, just trying not to outthink myself here. Just going to make it simple. Eagles minus the points, my friends. Do we snake this or do we keep going around? Let's keep going around. You know, we do. 
we do the we do the round robin. You go second. I now, do. You go first. This oh, I do go round. second. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go with the Dallas Cowboys on. Uh, this is awful that I'm doing road road favorites here. It's not the way to riches, but again, week one, I'm not gonna outthink myself here. Sunday night, taking the Cowboys. What is that? Three, three consensus. I, I see it leaking, but I, I would say there's a lot of threes left. Steve, okay. what do you think? Yeah, I think there's a lot of threes. It's three point two five. You could go. You could take. You okay, could lay we'll, three or take three and a half, which is a great game we'll to discuss. We'll give you the minus three. Yeah, um, then I'm laying the three. I my opinion on the Giants. My one of my big season long bets is the Giants alternate season win total under. Um, I know Brian Dable got the coach of the year. I think he. I think it was a Fugazi coach of the year, where he got the credit for a lot of really timely high leverage performance by the Giants both offensively and defensively and especially when you look at third and fourth downs versus first and second downs um they sustained that for a long time and there might be some people out there who are like oh well that's all coaching I mean they just step it up with it that's not how this works um and I think they're a team by the way they were eight and four and one score games I think this is the year where it where it changes dramatically for them and I think it starts right here on Sunday Night Football. I think they get beat at home by the Cowboys. I'll lay the three. Unsustainable. Unsustainable. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. <laughs> All right. Steve Remind Cotto. me the rules, Gil. If, so, if somebody takes a pick, is that off the board? Is that all? No, no, no. No, no, no. You no. Can, okay. Todd, Todd makes a living. Ball. Todd makes a living duplicating everybody oh, else's picks. You know what? That's hysterical, Gilly. Oh, yeah, is because it? I can is it? show you all the picks. And I do not have many of other people's yeah. picks. In fact, many people have. Really? Is that right? Well, maybe you shouldn't tell yeah. stories and make other people seem to be dumb in your stories when they're trying to help you out. All right, Todd, what's your pick? My second pick is going to be, look, obviously these numbers have been hammered into submission over many months by people like Fezzik and all that stuff's in there. Now you have to find some gut you know, feel kind of thing where you can say, look, maybe the experts are wrong, like similar to what Gilly just said, where he thought that, you know, maybe there's just too much, uh, you know, talk. And I think, by the way, taking taking the road favorite, Gilly, there when everybody else is on the other side is probably a, a good idea at this point when all the smarty pants can go into group thing. So <laughs> anyway, yeah. all the smarty pants like to go into, into group thing. But so I, what I'm going to do is here, I'm just going to do something based on feel and that is, I'd like to take the Chicago Bears. I believe they're laying uh, one point. I actually have uh, them plus nine in my pocket from when they first came out. Um, you know, all those, uh, I'm being like one of those uh, touts on uh, Twitter where they say, oh, I got that line when it first came out at plus nine, and now they're down to minus one. So I've got 10 points of value there. But anyways, yes, I'll take the Bears minus one point. The reason being is... The Bears have been tortured by Mr. Aaron Rodgers for many, many years. I believe that that uh, the the receivers on the Packers were not very good last year, and Rodgers was really struggling with them. So now I get the former Utah State quarterback, which I never liked at Utah State. I know they all love, oh, Jordan Love, he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. I never liked them in college. I don't believe in him. Maybe he'll turn, you know, say that I'm totally wrong. But remember, I was right about Ryan Fitzpatrick, as you were as well, Gilly, when he came in and covered all those games for an 0-7 Miami team. Jordan Love is not the answer in Green Bay. So now the Bears get an opportunity to spank the Packers after they've been spanked year after year after year. They're at home. 
they've got a guy who can go back to pass from the from his own 30 and he's gone 70 yards touchdown. I want the Bears. I want minus one. I don't believe Jordan Loves is ready for road divisional football in the National Football League. The Bears. Okay, Will. Number two. Usually the worst team is not as bad as we think. I think the Cardinals break that rule. I will go Washington. I'll lay the seven. Wow. Renewed optimism with that home field. You might get a little bit of a home field that's been a, sort of a, a you know a disinterested crowd in recent years. Sort now with of. Snyder gone, a little more enthusiasm. I think this Arizona team is just not a professional team. They're bad on both sides of the ball. Whoever starts at quarterback, whether it's Dobbs or Clayton Toon, is probably going to get hurt behind that offensive line. Uh, I'll lay it with Washington. Usually don't like laying a touchdown, especially in week one. I'll break the rules here. I'll lay it with the, the uh, commanders. If ever there was a must-win situation, it's the, uh, yeah. the, com- the commodes going up against the Cardinals. And let me just say this also, because it's September and we've become normalized to it. But the single greatest story of the offseason, Daniel Snyder, no longer the owner of this team. I cannot express to you how much this means to so many of us. Ding dong, the witch is dead. <laughs> Absolutely. In fact, I'll tell you how much it is. I beat Todd Wishnev in tennis. This is a true story. He had beaten me roughly 334 times in a row. I beat him in tennis, and I acted like I won Wimbledon. I was just a wash in glory. And we go to Chipotle, and the news that Daniel Snyder was no longer going to be the, the owner of the Skins comes down. And I completely forget. It was like when, uh, when Farrah Fawcett died, and then Michael Jackson had the audacity Farrah to Fawcett die. Farrah Fawcett died? <laughs> she died. I'm oh, sorry no. to break it to you. And then Michael Jackson died right after it, and no one cared about Farrah Fawcett dying anymore. That's how I felt about it. I want to know what the two-teamer, Gil, anti-correlated parlay, Gil beating Todd, and then Todd beating Ben Wilson paid. It's got to be in the did stratosphere. You, you didn't beat Todd. You didn't beat Ben Wilson, did you? In I, set, I yeah. beat Ben Wilson. Uh, I beat him, yeah, we played, yeah, I beat him in a set last year and when I was real thin. Oh, okay. Wow. He limped off with an injury right after. Uh, <laughs> no, but it was it was very very competitive. When I was thin, it was very very competitive with me and Benson. He was still better than me. Yeah, Ben versus Todd at two fifteen is like me versus Todd at three hundred. I mean, I would have laid ninety nine. I would have laid eighty to make a dollar, just like Purdue. With, but thanks, Ben Wilson. Another Purdue game for me. Yay! What's your By the way, two? just so you know, yeah, when Gilly did gonna, get I wasn't that win, say the p word, but. Gilly got the win after 340 consecutive losses, but since then he's 0-11. 340 in St. Louis. humiliating losses. No, no, no. Let me just say this. We then we went, even went though to in the, St. Louis. We went to St. Louis. In St. Louis, Jeff Jeff Parle's wedding, he was very close again to get it in his second W. Ooh, but yes. I believe which is nine, why I at told 19, Todd, 18, he's, he's going to stop. He's going to stop talking at some point. Which is why I told Todd that it wasn't the victory that gave me confidence. It was in St. Louis where I stared into his eyes, and I knew. It was like Ali after the thrill in Manila. He beat Frazier, <laughs> but he knew if you look into his eyes, he knew it was over. That's Wishnev now. Never the same after Never that fight. Never the same after yeah. that fight. Yep. Stevie, you're number two. I'm, num- you I'm number two. I'm going to go. You're two and you're three. All right. I'm going to go oppo with Todd. I'm going to take the Green Bay Packers plus one. Uh, you know, the Pack- there you go. You know, it's interesting. Todd keeps talking about a home field advantage, and he's right. You know, the Packers are going to have one in Chicago. Anyone who's attended this game, I know the population's a lot bigger in Chicago than it is in Green Bay, but I think it's easier for the Packers fans to get, like, seats in Chicago than it is in Green Bay. And if you just look at recent history, for whatever reason, let's see, the Bears lost 
10 to 3 in 2019. Okay, COVID year, they got drilled by 19. No fans there, but no Green Bay fans, so maybe that should have helped the Bears. Bears lost uh, 2021, 24 to 14. They lost last year, 28 to 19. The Bears are not owned by Aaron Rodgers. They are owned by the Green Bay Packers. And if Todd had checked his injury reports, he would have seen that the Bears have had cluster injuries throughout the preseason where not one, not two, not three, but four of their offensive linemen have been juggled back and forth, all with nagging injuries and the like. And that's why money's been coming on Green Bay. Bold prediction Todd, don't lay one on the Bears. You can take points with the Bears right before they kick off. It's still not going to help you because the Packers are going to kick their ass. Wow. Green Bay plus I one. I have the Bears plus nine, Steve. You weren't listening. I have the Bears plus <laughs> nine in pocket. Uh, I don't know if I said this on this show. Maybe I did in the preview with uh, the NFL preview with Matt and Kelly from last week. But I've said it a million times on a numbers game. Uh, why are you so convinced Jordan Love's going to suck, Todd? He's been under the same coordinator and the same coach for like three years under tutelage. He may be good. You don't know. Maybe. Doesn't maybe. need to be good. Just needs to be capable. Just needs to be capable. Just don't turn the ball over. He could be very good. We Look, last time, I, last time we were oppo, it was 32-31 Texans on 4th and 20 when they were supposedly tanking. <laughs> that's a, that, that's a, a, high, yeah, a high probability of success, 4th and 20 with that offense. So you, were, you, you had the right side there. What's your number three? Number three, I'm going to go, and Todd's going to break into cheering. The Pittsburgh Steelers catching two. What, what what the heck am I doing? I had all summer to play Pittsburgh plus three, and now am I trying to donk off my money taking two and a bad number? No, because I think two and a half, Steve. You deserve two and a half. half. All right, I'll take it. I I I tell you what, grab the two and a half now because it won't be there come Sunday. Um, What's changed during the summer? Well. Bosa, he's kind of important. Is he going to play? Just, you know, they, they're they about to sign him again. Still haven't signed him. Is he going to be ready? Uh, he's worth a point on defense. And non-quarterbacks are rarely worth a point, but he he truly is he their is. best defender. Yep. And Kittle's banged up, you know. So they're so one of their most important offensive guys. He's not as important because they've got so many different weapons, you know, with Debo and with C-Mac and the like. But, I mean, he's still, he's still important to the line. And you look at no team has looked better in preseason than the Pittsburgh Steelers. Clicking in all cylinders. They're not just beating up on second stringers either, like in the Buffalo game. Yeah. Blink, it's 14 nothing. Um, the Steelers have just drilled three straight teams. Um, I think it should be Pickham. San Fran started slow last year when they lost in the monsoon to the Bears, one of three wins for the Bears. So um, you give me the points. I'm not sure that San Fran should even be favored. Steelers plus two. I like it. William. Well, my Wilson. first question is, if you're going to take the Stillers dine at Akershire Stadium, Dien's got a parking pass at the casino? Because there's no way in hell you're going to be able to park within 14 miles of that stadium down there on week one with Kenny Pickett. So if Yen's <laughs> better not check your email right now, go down at a Rivers Casino and find out whether you got a card that will allow Yen's to park in a normal fashion. Otherwise, I don't know how you're getting to the game. If you're seven stars, you can park right at the seven stars valet, Todd. <laughs> Down air. No the best is down there's air. No, there's no down. When we're at Primanis, we're not thinking about Caesar's Palace and that. That's some Vegas nonsense. <laughs> Will, what do you got? From a competitive standpoint, I would like to take Dallas minus the three. I feel like from a content standpoint, it's a little boring because I have the same picks and handicaps. So I will go in a different direction here. Um, I'll take Cleveland plus two and a half. Ooh. If you look at Cincy, it's interesting. There's a perception that they're this dominant team because you went to a Super Bowl a couple years ago, a play away from going to the Super Bowl last year. Now, yards per play isn't everything, but yards per play on offense, 5.4. Yards per play allowed on defense, 5.4. Both middle of the pack. 
Cleveland gets Watson without the rust. They get a decent now. I think it's going to be uh, improved a lot with Schwartz, who's one of the few defensive coordinators that matters. Cleveland destroyed them on Halloween last night in Cleveland. That was with, what, Brissette quarterback. Burroughs had no training camp. Um, who knows how healthy he is? I love the three, but at two and a half here, I will take Cleveland plus the points. Dot. Uh, I'm going to go to the New York Giants football game, and I am going to go under the 47 in that ball game. Uh, the games last year were not high-scoring games. The final score in one of them was 28-20. One of them was with a total backdoor touchdown after the Cowboys scored with like two minutes to go in a ridiculous oh, game that should oh. never gone. What'd you say? On Thanksgiving, I remember it all too well. That was yeah. painful. It affected that game the side and the total that game, that game should have never gone over. The first game, I believe, was 23-16. Look, the, the Dallas Cowboys, and the reason they were good last year, the defense was very good. It wasn't about that. It was about those crazy rushers coming off the edge and just dominating people from a defensive from the defensive side of the football. And I think they're going to be smart enough to realize we've got to play defense. It's not like the New York Giants have a strong offensive team. Half the time, it's Danny running, going back to pass, and somehow he gets away and scrambles for a first down. This is not a, a great – I think Saquon Barkley had 39 yards rushing in one of the games. It's not like the Giants are going to move the football in Dallas – Dallas is is going to play a grinding style. 47 is a high number in a National Football League game. Both games should have gone under last year. Uh, give me that under 47 in that Dallas game. I mean, come on, under 47 should be reserved for the for the crazy games, you know, Charger games, Miami games. Dallas against the Giants in a divisional game? This is going to be smack-me-in-the-mouth football. Under 47. You know, this is the first time I think – I've ever heard somebody like cite a 28-20 prior from the year before as evidence that the game's <laughs> going to go under 47. Kudos, Todd. The back, there was a touchdown with two minutes to go, and then a backdoor touchdown, Stevie. Thank you very much. You have to read inside the box score. Well, it's not just about the final score. It's how they get to the thank final you. score. Thank you. Well, that the audience wants to know. You need to explain that to them. You just cited the final score. <laughs> I, I, I will explain. I did say that point here that 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 backdoor touchdown was enhanced because of a, a, I think it was a bogus roughing the passer call where the Giants never would have scored too. So that was uh, Todd's right. Oh, excellent, Todd. I forgot about bogus roughing the passer penalties. I'm oh, it was forward, terrible. It really was. To those it's tackling on the, the way, defense. If, if that, if Fifteen yards. Over, if Stevie had the over, Luckbox Stevie would have won that one. He probably did have the over in that game with some backdoor. Nonsense. Todd, do you think you and I are lucky? You should see what I do with Crackman. <laughs> by, by the way, l let me just praise Todd Wishnev uh, for his for his uh, amazing memory and recall on some of these things. So last uh, last night we were betting a few things. Obviously, we all had like different variations of the under in that Clemson game, which we luck boxed our way to victory. But one of the plays in that game was this dead ball penalty called on Duke on a fourth down for Clemson, where Klubnik slid right before the sticks. And then he was he was just absolutely drilled, but it was ruled because the slide had already started that it was a dead ball foul, and because it was fourth down and he was short, that the ball then went to Duke. And I immediately, because I get it, that's the rule, and I know people aren't out, outraged about it, but that's exactly how you call that. Um, and I was like, wow, is there a precedent for this? I can't think of any time this was ever called this way. And Todd immediately, and I talked about it on the on the numbers game this morning, immediately called it because, yeah, there was an Eric Weddle play mm -hmm. in that playoff game. And I was like, oh, my God, how do you remember that? And it sure was uh, Tampa Bay, the Rams, the year that the Rams won the Super Bowl. They were up two touchdowns. Tampa Bay was driving that pass to Evans from Brady. 
And remember, Evans batted it down. And because it hit the ground, the ball, before Weddle drilled him on a fourth down, he got the penalty, but the ball went yes. to the Rams. If Evans had tipped the ball up and then Weddle had drilled him, the Bucks would have maintained possession. So it's it was very consistent, but I just... You know, they say if you watch a football game or a baseball game closely enough, my father told me this, Yeah, you will see something that you had never seen your entire life. Your dad said and, that? And my dad said this. So example, one time in Cleveland, there was a high fly ball to deep left, and it bounced over the green monster. So it was a ground rule double over a 21-foot high fence because it, it, it had just enough. Really? You know, yes. You'd think it would be impossible. Yeah. And I saw, like, a, a throw to the plate and hit the rosin bag. <laughs> on the pitching mound, you know, so just, just things like if you watch it, right. like I've never seen that before. Yeah. And when we, were, I, I was at the game with my father, uh, Wendelstadt was like observing, and there was two guys on in the in the on deck circle, and one of the the crowd, one of the the, the, the fans said, "Hey, Wendelstadt, they're not allowed to do that. They got two guys in the on deck circle." And he walked over and he said, "You got to go to the dugout." Wow. So if you look closely enough, you'll see you'll see something never happened before. The uh, do you remember the Giants game? I saw this yesterday, where the the one where but where Jake Peavy was on the mound and he wasn't paying attention, and Buster Posey didn't see that he wasn't paying attention and threw the ball back to him, and Peavy just happened to have his glove here and the <laughs> right. Into it. Yeah, that was awesome. That was awesome. It's like Chris Farley. Can I just that say that that awesome. rule needs to be changed? Because if if you if you're in the middle of the play, granted the guy's knee was down in a split second later, the guy blasted his head open. Same thing with the Eric Weddle play. It's part of the play. It's not a dead ball foul. Dead ball means it's really a dead ball. We're running back to the huddle and somebody smashes somebody, you know, in the in the seats or something or, or takes a shot at somebody. That's what a dead ball foul should be. It shouldn't be a dead ball because a guy's knee hits the ground and literally a split second later, a guy blasts him in the head. That's still part of the play, in my humble opinion. So Todd, that rule really bad rule. So after you have a pick six and the guy scores a, a, a nanosecond after he crosses the goal line, if you have someone like, like clothesline on, on defense, the offensive guy, the touchdown doesn't count then because it's close enough? Seems inconsistent to me. That's a great question, actually. That's a great point by Stevie. What happens if that happens now? If a guy, yeah, if a guy gets a touchdown and a guy blasts him a half a second late, what, that's not, that's not going to be a touchdown? I believe so. It's not going to no, be a touchdown. I believe it is a touchdown. It the is play a touchdown. Be, be same, this game, same concept. That basically oh, the, play, the play, the play is over. Is over right. Point one seconds goes by, and now it's got to be an after the play is done. Well, what's the inconsistency? I'm trying to figure well, out. Well, Todd's rationale saying it should still count. At what, what point do we draw the line? Is it like one point one seconds? Is it zero point six seconds, or is it zero point one seconds? Well, I don't think there's an inconsistency. I, so what you're saying, Todd, makes sense on the surface, where it's like it's dead as far as the play is concerned. But the actions in the play and the position at the time of the of the hit are very much live, basically, right? That's the distinction. To me, the better I mean, argument. judgment calls. To me, the they make judgment calls. Yeah, the, the better argument is, what are you trying to do with targeting penalties to begin with? You're trying to protect the players, right? You're trying to safety thing. In that respect, it's wholly inconsistent with the res with the punishment and the lack thereof doled out, right? That's the real argument, I think. Like, it, it goes counter to the spirit of what they're trying to do with that stuff. But I don't see it inconsistent with the dead ball. If somebody goes out of bounds, right? Let's say somebody goes out of bounds and then they get popped. That's a dead ball foul. If it happens on third down, the, the team that got popped still maintains possession, and they get the penalty. But if it's on fourth down, they don't keep the ball. It goes to the other team. 
and when that happens, we'll be, we'll we'll be all be up in arms. We'll be like, "What do you mean? It's a personal foul. He was out of bounds." Or fourth down play was done. The possession change already happened. Right. I just think the dead ball should be defined as after the action of the play is yeah. over, well, okay. and and you and the the refs can make a judgment call just like they make a judgment call on holding. What it means to have the play being over now? Okay, everyone jumps up and they start punching each other. That's a dead ball foul. But okay, whatever. You anyway, guys, I was just trying to praise you for remembering that because I thought that was awesome. Thank you. Anyway, I my, appreciate my, the. Can point. I give my baseball? You'll never see it again. Oh yeah, please. It's the anniversary today. I think twenty-five years ago. So you would never see this again with the rules. I think it was Astros Padres. Two outs, two strikes, ninth inning. The catcher signals for an intentional walk. Sneaks back behind the plate, and the pitcher buzzes in a fastball for a strike three. Game over. I, I retweeted it. it oh great. wow, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, I'd never see that again. Um. Where are we? Is my last pick? over seven and over seven and a half and have six homers hit and it goes under will never happen. Oh, again. that and, was and that was amazing. That was the worst beat ever in baseball. Yeah. What was it? Eight, seven and how it was all. So, what was it? The, the over under was seven and a half. I had the over six home runs were hit. Oh, yeah, and and it it four, three. That's right. All solo. Jimmy Jacks. OK, uh, I am. I am with Steve. I hate to duplicate. But I thought I was going to be the smarty pants that he beat me to it. I, I like the Steelers. And this is more of a Malcolm Gladwell blink thing where how many times do we remember Ste the Steelers as dogs winning an opening game on like some special teams nonsense or just the fact that T.J. Watt made an amazing play? Um, that's the thing with the Steelers. They still have big playmakers on defense. And you're right about everything about the preseason. Kenny Pickett looked as good as anybody in the entire preseason. I think the Brock Purdy thing is the other thing I would add to this. Brock Purdy had a magic carpet ride last year, winning seven straight games before the whole injury game in the playoffs against the Eagles, him and Josh Johnson going out. He had a lot of BABIP should have been interceptions that weren't. Todd calls them itches, interceptions that should uh, that should have happened. Was that what we call it? Interceptions that should have? Itch, yeah. That should have the had? Itch, I think it was yeah. Um, <laughs> Pro Football Focus actually has a stat for this, which is called, like, I think, turnover-worthy plays. This is different now that he's no longer the mystery relevant coming in as the backup and everybody loves him and there's, you know, no pressure. You're the starter now. Not only are you the starter, they traded that other dude. And so this is your team. And, yes, yeah, Sam Darnold's lurking. Apparently he had a great offseason, too. So I think the dynamic's a little different as well, a little more pressure. I like the Steelers. I'll take the points. I'll take the two and a half. That's my third, which brings. By us the way, we didn't do we didn't do our in, in last year in the beginning. We talked a little bit about in game. Do we want to just maybe talk about some general in game strategy, maybe for a minute or two? Well, it sounds like you'd like to. What would you like to say, share with everyone? No, we don't have to. It's your show. Well, no, usually, you know, uh, you know I, I know that is uh, usually what we do is we talk about something that happened the previous week, but it's week one. Right, but so. that's why I want I wanted to talk about a general thing. Please that do. Is, Please do. So here's a little general thing, a generalissimo thing. In the National Football League, very often late in football games, in a 14-point game, a team is losing by 14. They're coming down for the back door. So let's say the score, for instance, is 28 to 14. That's 42. And often the books will put up a 48-and-a-half or a 49-and-a-half if they, you know, if they think, you know, a touchdown versus a touchdown and more. 
So here's something that I think people need to pay attention to. And if it's 28-14 in my example, and they get a touchdown, you're thinking, okay, they'll kick the extra point. That's 49. 28-21 is 49. Not so fast, my friend. Everyone is going for two now, down eight. And now they're even doing it in other scenarios when they're down, you know, 17 and get a touchdown, or they're down and, you know, they're doing it in all kinds of different wacky scenarios. So if you're betting in-game, and you see that there's six and a half more points on the line, and you're thinking, oh, I think this team can get a backdoor touchdown and I'll win my over bet. Wait just a second. You also have to consider if the team is going to go for two-point conversion, which is about a 50% play, and that has to be figured also into your handicap. Steve, I'm sure you have opinions on this. Sure, and obviously the, sure. Dead, the dead nuts play is to bet that the game will land even. Dead nuts. Because whether they score the touchdown or not, it's going to land even because the the word is out. Your union buddies are talking. When you're down 14 to score a touchdown, you go for two. The Eagles pioneered this. It's amazing. It took the NFL 30 years to figure this out. Um, qu the quick math, it would take me 10 seconds. Uh, the assumptions are you're down 14, you're going to get two touchdowns, and your opponent's not going to score. All right, You can just kick the extra point twice. you got a 50-50 chance to win. If you go for two, and we're going to assume they get, you get a 50% of the time, might be a little aggressive. If you go for two the, after getting it the first time, the first touchdown, you win 62.5%. You can map out all the permutations. It's pretty straightforward. And 62.5% uh, is bigger than 50%, so it's not even close. And yet for years, a lot what a lot of team, bad coaches would do is they'd kick after the first one, and they'd go for two after the second one, which right. is a, a totally oppo. Because if you if you, if, if, if you miss the, the two-point conversion, you lose. But if you miss it after your first touchdown, well, then you know, okay, now I go to the second time. It's a very easy mathematical tree, and inevitably when it happens again, people will go crazy on Twitter. But let me just ask you, because you just, what you said sort of gave the indication that you assume most of these teams are on board with this. What percentage of teams do you actually think are on board with this? 80% of the NFL. Do you 40, really? 40% of the college football. Yeah, the, word, the word's gone out. I was going to guess 82. You think, I was gonna wait guess a minute, hold on. You guys think 80% of NFL teams, 80%, so what's that, 26 teams out of 32, whatever it is, that they would, down 14, would score and go for two? Yeah, I don't the, buy that at all. The entire all. analytics team should be That's fired immediately well, if they I, don't, I, I because agree. it's already been solved. I agree with that, but I do not for one second believe it's 80%. Side, will, will, side do bet. you? You're at least that. Side bet. I, I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and lay minus 350. That 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 on every occurrence that happens in the, with with eight minutes to go or, or less, that that the teams will go for two in that situation. Will, do you see it that way as well? Do you think it's that I, many I teams? I would have said 50-50. I would have too. I would have said old school coaches that. You know, yeah. I don't think that way. Definitely higher. It's interesting. Florida did it 21. Florida uh, Thursday night against Utah, down 21, scored a touchdown, went for two and got it, which that's an unusual one. I don't remember seeing that one. That lot, is the proper call also, by the way. Yeah. Same Same concept. Yeah. But I, I bet I'm I'm shocked that you guys are so sure it's 80 percent. I don't buy that at all. Like maybe for, it's not 80, but it's definitely over more than half. It's I could be wrong. It could word, be 70. The word is out. The word is out about this, and they're all doing it, and they don't want to look dumb because the other smart teams are doing it. Are so, they all you know, doing it? Like I must have missed this. This is a line from from Wall Street, the movie, where yeah. we're I, I don't know what to make of it, Gordon. Everybody's going for two <laughs> when they're down eight. I I mean, usually when we talk, I mean, what I remember is when I come in and do guessing lines on Monday morning. Usually my line is now we have coaches who don't even know what is analytically correct or not and they do or they do they do stuff that only is when it doesn't work oh that was analytics when it does work 
Oh, it wasn't analytics. By the right? way, the Steelers are the team that I don't think is going to go for two down eight, I don't despite the fact that oftentimes yeah. they go for two after their first touchdown. That's exactly right. Washington, I don't believe Ron Rivera is going for two. There's no chance. Unless, because unless he doesn't, they, river, he doesn't riverboat down fourteen. He only riverboats down ten. <laughs> <laughs> is Belichick a go for two guy? Because I don't even know if he. I don't even know if he is. Scenarios. But this is a great. We should chart this. We should chart this. We should on the mega. Yeah. And we should say, okay, last week it happened, you know, five times. Here's what happened. I think it's very, yeah. very interesting, and I think it's definitely over fifty percent. Now, to it be fair, be to, to be fair, if if you're a ten point favorite, you shouldn't go for two because your chance of winning in overtime is greater than sixty two and a half percent. So, oh, now you're asking for them to compute. I, too I understand. Much. Yeah. I, I understand. So, so, so put yeah. put everything in, but but I just wanted to disclose. It does yeah. make sense. That's interesting. But but do you the ori- the original point, Steve? Do you agree that people have to be more aware of the in-game uh, permutations there because you know you're going to have that scenario with the six and a half. A lot of times those books will hang the forty-eight and a half call. when it's a twenty-eight. And then you know inevitably I mean? you'll hear the the live bears like, "Why are they going for two? Like they haven't watched a football game." And, and uh, you know, I will say this about the coaches: like we watch way more. You know, uh, football yes, than do. they do. We yes, watch the we end do. game of every game. They have yeah. no idea. I mean, they got like a hundred thousand oh. things on their plate. They don't have time to watch any of these other games. I mean, guessing lines is nothing but like. I mean, besides the guessing of the lines, those recaps are nothing but what are these coaches doing? Like over and over again. So I mean, I'm I'm shocked. And announcers. And announcers. Like, oh, I can't believe they're going for it here, fourth and eight. It's like they're not going for it. It's the end of the first half. They're pretending to get the clock to run before they punt. Well, Will and I were talking about. I mean, Chris Fowler usually knows his stuff. But we were watching the first college football game, and there was a fumble forward, and he was just—he seemed incredulous. Like he was like, "Oh, they get the first down." I was like, "No, the ball goes back to where he he fumbled." Like it was like simple stuff. You're like, "Wow, everybody's not in mid-season form." So. By the way, I well, would how, argue, how about you? I would argue that people. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Will. No, I was just going to say, how about UMass New Mexico, that opening week zero Saturday? Uh, New Mexico scores to make it a 10-point game, four and a half minutes left. They onside kick, and the, I forget who the announcer was. Oh, this is way too early. You can't do that. I mean, way too early. There's four minutes left in the game. You're down by 10 points. You need the ball. Jeez. Yeah. yeah when, it, when in doubt, whenever it's a close call, always be aggressive. If, 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 if you don't know what to do, it's rarely wrong to go for it on fourth down, and it's rarely wrong to go for two when in doubt. I'm going to go under on 80%. But that, but that is a great, it's a great in-game point that you make, Todd. And the other one that I would bring up is, you know, the most basic of all is the whole two-for-one thing, right? Like, I think if we gave just one, one in-game uh, point that would be obvious thing. to many, right, but, but maybe not to others, is know who's getting the ball first in the second half. And if there is a— Especially for the end-of-third quarter bet. The end of third quarter bet that's available at books now, if you know who's sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Gilly, no, but I get ahead, very excited about the I end of third quarter bet. If, if there's three minutes to go and one team has the ball. By the way, the NFL teams are much smarter about making sure they get the last possession. In the old days, they would rush down, score with 47 seconds off the other team, and we get a field goal. Teams are getting smarter now. They're not rushing when they're at the plus 45 with 45 seconds. They slow it down, and they make sure they get that last possession. So now the end of third quarter bet that you can have in a lot of books is huge. If you know who's getting the ball first to start the second half and you have the ball with two minutes to go, that has to be a gigantic, huge thing for the end of third quarter bet. And I do not believe the algorithms have caught that yet. And pursuant to what Gilly said, the, the, right after the games kick off, the first thing I do is I take my, a green highlighter and I green every NFL team that gets starts with the ball because right. that way I know it gets in the second Smart. half. And if you're betting live NBA, and I know this is difficult, Whoever wins the tip gets the ball to start the fourth quarter. They start with the first and the fourth quarter, and you could say that's trivial. No, it's worth half a point. 
Half a point's yeah. a lot, yeah. you know, betting live late in the third quarter. See, now I do agree with you guys that that thing about the end of the first half and figuring out the timing, that 80% of teams get that now. Like Bill Belichick was the master at that, right? Maximizing possessions and minimizing the opponents. I do agree that most of the league is on board with that. But that 14 to 8 to 6 thing, I don't believe it's 80% yet. Like, I think, I think well, Will's closer to the 50? truth. You believe it's over 50 I believe it's 50. I'm not even going to say over It's 50. past the tipping point. It's kind of like when when you win the coin toss, you're supposed to defer. And for years, Belichick was like the first guy to do it every time. And then word got out where half the, half the league started to defer. And then like I, two years later, everybody deferred because the memo got out. And I believe yeah. the memo has gotten out on the 14 to 8 to 6. Okay. I think we remember it more when teams go for two because it didn't happen for so long that it sticks in our brain. Like when teams kick the extra point, it doesn't really register. When teams go for it, we notice it more. That's what I think. I think it's 50-50. Yeah. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Classes in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen. Okay, teaser of the week. Is that what we do next? I believe it's teaser of the week. Yes. Two, uh, we're two-team, six-point teaser. Um, long teaser legs are uh, not plentiful, but there are a few. Pittsburgh obviously leaps off the... Uh, page is a possible Wong teaser leg two and a half through the three and the seven um, there are others as well including the Cleveland Browns who are two and a half point dogs against the Cincinnati Bengals uh, those are the two most glaring ones right off the top I'm just sort of scanning away the Jets will also be a, uh, a Wong teaser leg on Monday night home against the Bills I think I'm forgetting one obvious one in here somewhere um yeah, so anyway, and the Packers, I suppose, would be. Well, Packers not quite, don't quite qualify as that. Mostly ones, mostly ones. Yeah. Again, Wong teaser legs, and I know Stevie will, will back me up on this. Totals matter here on Wong legs. Uh, Stanford Wong, real name John Ferguson, lived in uh, San Diego, uh, wrote the book on sports betting so many years ago. He identified the three most positive EV uh, teaser legs, home and road dogs of between one and a half and two and a half that you would tease through the three and the seven and a home favorite of between seven and a half, eight and a half that we would tease down through the seven and the three. It is total dependent, right? A total of, let's just be crazy, 60 ain't the same as a total of 40 on this. Uh, the fewer points you have in a total, the more valuable each point is. It's the same reason why we don't recommend teasers, say, in a sport like the NBA or college football, where intuitively you know those sports and the scoring to be more volatile. Um, is that I mean, a SMU good summary? Good, good, good summary. Check your rules at, at the books because oh, yes. a lot of them have changed. So, well, like Circa now is minus 130. All right, South Point's minus 130. God can't win playing teasers minus 130. So <laughs> let, me, let me do the math here. All right, so if you're laying minus 120 on a six-point teaser, each leg you're essentially laying minus 280, all right? I know that sounds like that's crazy. So if you took, if you took 280 
and you wagered it on your first leg of the teaser and it covers, that's like winning 100. Now you're taking 380 and you're laying, you know, 280 again. So um, because of that, um, you know, recognize there's a whole lot of extra big. And once it goes above minus 120, it really um, is not going to be viable. The math isn't going to work out. Stephen Vegas did this for us on a numbers game this morning. This is the Vegas books. Stations in South Point, minus 125 on six-point teasers. BetMGM and Circa, minus 130. Westgate and Boyd, minus 140. Caesars, who, by the way, if you can get into the app in the first place, you're doing something special. Uh, they're, they're not offering six-point teasers right now. They're offering minus 130 on six and a half. Which is good. Which yeah. is good. Yeah. yeah. And, and Caesars Nevada, if you have a tie and a winner, a tie and a loss, it gets graded a push. But if you do Caesars in New Jersey, you lose. Oh. It's a different rule. Bet, bet Same MG, company. BetMGM bet Nevada is also a refund on a tie and a loss, which, again, blows people's minds. And, and so if, if, the, if you get the bad rules on the ties, you have to always pick your number of points such that you can't land on yeah. an integer to avoid that nasty rule. And the theory behind the refund is because you can't drop a teaser to a one-team teaser. That's right. Right. Okay. By the way, just let me just say this about the Caesars Nevada app. I'm not, I said this on a numbers game this morning. I'm not trying to be an ass, but if anybody from Caesars, Eric Biggio, Will Hill, somebody is listening, fix the app. My God. You it can't. should be mandatory that yes. every, every executive yes. that's making six figures or higher oh, this is so true. has to have an assignment where they have to be able to make tw- 10 basic bets. They have to be able to bet a teaser. They have to be able to bet a prop, a season win. Right. You get where I'm going. Have to be able to buy, try to ha- buy a half point and, and put each bet in for $10 each and make a live bet. Oh, and you have to do it with like a game starts in five minutes. Go. Right. And believe me, if these executives actually bet on that app, they'd be, they'd be having some meetings with their IT people 100%. and it would not be pretty. 100%. All right, uh, Stevie, two-team, six-point teaser. All right, I'm going to vary a little bit from Wong, and oh. I very r- rarely do. And here's why. I feel strongly that the Washington-Arizona line will either stay at seven or go up, all right? It's also a low total. I like that with teasing. So I am going to use the Washington Commander, the much-despised Washington Commanders against an Arizona team. People are already talking about this team's going to go winless. Well, if they go winless, probably going to win that leg of the teasers. I'm going to obviously put it in with Pittsburgh because if I like them plus two and a half, I'm going to like them plus eight and a half. One caveat I want to give to everyone, I firmly believe with Survivor, your optimal play week one is to play Washington, all right? So if you're going to play Washington in your Survivor picks, recognize you already got some exposure on the same bet, basically, yeah. here. So if, if you're going to enter Survivor five times, maybe don't go crazy teasing. I, I mentioned that this morning on the show, which is like you're going to have so many. We forget about the NFL season. You have so many competing interests at the same time, or they're all so aligned, you're terrified that they're all going to blow up. And it probably day. doesn't matter that much week yeah. one. But as you go deeper, if you're yeah. in Survivor, by the time you get to week 10, you know, don't shove all in with 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 if you have fifty thousand in survivor equity. You don't have to tease that same team across the board like in your normal Wong teasers. But uh, in this case, yeah, I'm going. And the reason I, I I shied away from the Jets and I shied away from Cleveland, I'm worried those games could go to three, so Me they'll too. no longer qualify. Me too. Uh, Will, I'm gonna go. I'll, I'll use Pittsburgh. That game will probably be twenty three twenty. Somebody who who wins, who knows, who cares? I'll I'll take the eight and a half with Pittsburgh, and I'll use the J E T S. Jets, Jets, Jets is my second leg up to eight and a half. Uh, I just think this team is, boy, everyone says they're overhyped. I, I kind of think they're underrated. I, you look at their team last year. I mean, they were just so good in so many different spots with really probably the worst quarterback play in the entire league. So give me the eight and a half with the Jets, the eight and a half with the Stillers. All right, Will, you're a Jets guy. First three, uh, first six games before the bye. Home Buffalo. Actually at, a Vikings fan. but yes. Oh, yeah, that's right. You are. I'm sorry. 
home Buffalo at Dallas, home New England, home Kansas City, at Denver, home Philly. You're a Mets fan or a Yankees fan? You're a Yankees fan, right? A Yankees fan, but a disgruntled, indifferent Yankees fan at this point. Okay, those six games I just mentioned for the Jets. I'm, you're the Jets front office, and I gave you truth serum. If I said, would you, in, if I gave you three and three right now, would you take it? Your answer would be? Yes. That's have to. That's probably You know, I'm going to disagree. Really? All right, and here's why. I, I think directionally you're right that their expectation is only 2.8 wins, so this would be better than expectation. But it's kind of like trying to win a sports betting contest, right, where you, you hit oh, – would you take 60% through the first five weeks? Oh, right, yeah. And it's like, well, yeah, of course. No. No, no, you won't win. You actually have negative equity because, you're, right. be, be, because now your chance of winning and making the final table, making the top ten has gone down. So your chance of getting home field and actually playing for a championship yeah. – as the Jets goes down, if you if you start the year even you know six and four or three and three, it's very yes. true. It's very true. Todd, uh, I'm just looking at those six games. Three and three is going to be a little rough, don't you think? That's what I'm saying. That's why I asked the question. Like, well, if you they, take three and three. Yeah, three and three exceeds expectations. Yeah. But 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 it, but but their chance of winning the Super Bowl would go down if they're three and three. You understand. Yeah, I know. I'm just I was just looking at the games and I'm thinking who who are the who they could for sure win. Nathaniel Hackett's no longer in Denver to not be able to get the play in before the play clock goes down. <laughs> Let's By the way, that try a ninety yard field goal with their field goal kicking mule. <laughs> we will never I have we have we have we been through the, the worst two coaches. Gilly, here's my analytics question. Yeah. Is it Good to get the play in so that you don't get the the uh, delay of game penalty before the play clock goes out. <laughs> let or is it, it let me check on that. Hold on. I'm sure. I am told it is I'm good to sure. get the play in. Yes. Oh, okay. Because Nathaniel Hackett, I think he's the offensive coordinator for some other team. So maybe you could look for a prop most uh, delay of game penalties. Uh, I don't think they have that prop, but why, it would be a good one against Nathaniel Hackett. Why doesn't Hackett. everyone just copy Belichick? Every time you have a fourth and one, all right, past midfield, yeah. immediately the quarterback doesn't even check what the coach. The, the coach just goes, you know, zebra. And zebra means everyone rushes to the line of scrimmage and, and quarterbacks sneak, and you you get it yeah. every time. Yeah. You know, when Now, if you hem and haw and line up for 25 seconds, hut, 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 and then do it, you get stacked. Yes. The, the, the well, how about going in the shotgun? The best is to go in the shotgun on fourth and inches and blow it, you know? <laughs> We love that. The home crowd derisive countdown of the play clock with Hackett <laughs> is still the greatest thing ever. Like, never again, never before will we see that. That was so great. <laughs> uh, my, my teaser is going to be uh, the the uh, Commanders, too. I, I just think that the, that the Commander – I think Sam Howell is is, is going to be good. Me I remember too. him from North Carolina. Yeah. And I really, I really think he's going to be pretty good. And I'm going to go with the Yenzers. I mean, Yenzers plus eight and a half in that. Yen's got to think that uh, our guy Tallman. By the way, everybody does the same teaser, Steve. Before yeah. you, you go crazy. I can show you the sheet <laughs> where week after week everybody has the same teaser. So let's not go and, and create a federal case out of it and 42 indictments because I picked the same teaser as you. If I would have gone first, you would have picked the same teaser. 42 as indictments. Me. 42 indictments. Okay. So, yeah. so, so the bottom line here is that the Pittsburgh Steelers, they're good. They're, it's a home game. I already told you how, how it's going to be really hard to park down there. So don't even think you're getting home in time for the second game. Forget about that. Yen's better just go down our mics and watch the games there to, you know, the bar next to PNC Park or whatever. You're, you're not getting home in time for the second game. I could just forget it. Forget that. 
People are getting very nervous that laid minus 180 on the Miami Dolphins song. <laughs> the pot is almost it, over. And it there is, has, there has been dicey. no Dolphin song. It's getting dicey. I haven't done that. <laughs> I haven't done that. I haven't done that song in a while. Oh, good. No second verse there. Uh, Will, Will's. But in, I will oh, now. Okay. <laughs> will, in Will's head right now, the thought bubble, and Will's like, oh, my God, I signed up for a year of this. Um, I have the same exact teaser. Now that I got you got no, I just want because it's on my mind, so it's probably on some of the listeners' minds. I just want like thirty seconds from everybody. Have you guys gotten your YouTube TV uh, situation straightened out? Because I haven't, and how does that affect the live betting? Oh, Will, I have a great point on this. Gilly, can I make my point about this uh, about this YouTube uh, thing? Of course, Todd, go ahead. My here's my thing. I am not buying the damn YouTube to be four thousand minutes behind the clock. So how am I going to bet in game when the commercial's over and it, and I haven't even seen the end of what happened on the YouTube? It's ridiculous. However, however, I did find out that DirecTV is still going to be doing the games for, for restaurants and for casinos. So the, the feeds in casinos and restaurants are still going to be on the old Direct, which is only maybe like 25 wow. seconds behind. I think that's going to make a big, big difference, especially if you like in-game. So I am already mapping out which restaurants I'm going to, and we, I may go down to the rivers and try to watch down there. Of course, you have to pay $8,000 for a seat, but I know somebody, blah, blah, blah. That's a whole other problem. But of course, you can't use the apps. You can't use the apps in the Rivers Casino. You cannot use the Bet Rivers app in the Rivers Casino. Tell me why. You'll never explain it to me. It's ridiculous. You, The only one you can use down there is FanDuel. You can't even use half the other ones. It's the whole thing is it just drives me absolutely mind-boggling crazy. These Chazers making eight hundred billion dollars on this damn National Football League. They need more money, and they got to stick us with fifty-second delay with YouTube. Give me a break. Coco Golf for the match. Six love five two. Her ad against Yelena Ostapenko. Oh, Ostapenko just withdrew. <laughs> if I was on golf, that's exactly what would happen. Um, Ostapenko, who beat the world, the former world number one. Um, that was very nice, Todd. I just want to say this because Stevie was looking at me. I wonder if he was going to say the same thing as I was. Believe it or not, and I know you won't believe this, YouTube TV is closer to real time than Cox Cable is here in, in Las Vegas. It's like 50 seconds. It's, Cox. It, it's it, it, unbelievable. It, it's, two, it's two players that I'm behind. Not one, it's two. I, I, I feel like YouTube, YouTube TV, I was like, oh, my God, I'm only one point behind in this tennis match, not two and a half. And I'm meeting with these these providers are saying, well, we, we should be able to bet on whether the next play is going to be a pass or a run. And it's like, how could the, the consumer ever be able to bet on? The only time you can bet is during TV timeouts. You're yes. too far behind. 100%. 100%. And even, even then, Steve, if you don't hurry on the TV timeout, if you're a minute That's behind, right. That's right. that means you only have a minute during the commercial you don't even know that the game has already started again yeah it's it's tough you know it's almost like they don't want us betting that, that is the goal i i firmly believe of a lot of people with their apps on live betting the number one goal is don't allow the square ball that wants to just lose his money to you <laughs> that's right do everything possible the line <laughs> changes like from minus 110 to minus 115 <laughs> And he's betting $5. A line has changed. It's like, well, every time the line changes, a line has changed. Like, you can't take a $10 bet, you know, within some tolerance. Come on. That's one of my favorite Steve Fezzik thing is the, it's like our number one rule is to not take money from these people. Just like you were talking about the, like the cardinal rules on special teams that all these players don't abide by anymore. Yeah. So the (laughs) the, the rules real quickly are that, that, that if, if, if you're punting the ball, 
All right, the defense is attempting to rough the kicker and jump off sides. That's the first right? rule, yes. All right, but should the punter get the ball off? Now, the punting team, their return team, their goal is to knock the ball into the end zone. <laughs> but the returning team, the kicker, his his job is to attempt to field the ball inside the five-yard line <laughs> and fumble it. Oh, it's while, <laughs> while his teammates hold if there is yes. a return. Yeah, the inside the five, the inside the five oh. catching the ball. It drives me so crazy. The guy's standing on the ten yard line. What you moved backwards. And no don't, catching. Yeah. And don't start on your own twenty five on a kickoff. Go ahead and, 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 and try to field it right on your goal line. Kind of like be unclear whether you're in or out and then return it to the twelve and then have cut back at the last second so you get a holding <laughs> call so you can start on your six. You're right, Todd. Though that is the most egregious of all of them because from the beginning from the dawn of football time. That's been a fundamental, right? You plant yourself on the 10, and if the ball goes over your head, you let it go. How difficult is that? Apparently, it's very difficult. And the other team's just going to knock it into the end zone, even if the punter dead, you know, and mortar uh, kicks it to the two. They'll do your job for you. It's brutal. No, um, because those guys, the Navy SEAL team is running down on the punt coverage, and they're going to run at the ball at 500 miles an hour and somehow be able to smack it back. Uh, my teaser is the same. It's the Steelers up to the eight and a half. It is the skinnies down to basically just having to beat the commandos. Excellent pick, Bill. Good Cardinals. work. Thank you. Very Good well. work. You Appreciate happens. it. When Gil does it, he says, oh, great work. When I do it, oh, you're copying it. Okay, well, fine, Stevie. And then don't copy any in-game college basketball. In fact, I'll just give you the opposite side. Oh How do you like God. them apples? Uh, by the way, if there was ever a must-win situation in week one, this is it. If Washington can't beat Arizona, the tanking Cardinals, good God. Um, about Survivor, because we're going to – if you want to give a Survivor play, you can. Um, I have a couple points about this. One, I've said this on the, on, the, on the numbers game many times. I believe there's a point of redundancy in entries. So I only got five, because I think if you go more than that, you're just playing it the same way, just doubled, just multiplied. So you're going to lose picks at, this, at, a, at just a higher rate. The object is to get multiple entries by Thanksgiving in Circa, but I don't believe it's a function of how many entries you start with. I believe it's a function of how you play the game. So I stayed at five. You brought up the fact that Washington is the optimal play week one. I think that's true because not only is it against Arizona, which is a strategy in and of itself to just fade the Cardinals every week, but there's probably not a, a natural place to play the commanders later either. The question becomes, what percentage of a pool, of a survivor pool, do you believe will be on the commanders? I'll give you 40% over or under. My first number was 40% because more people will inevitably take Baltimore. They're just... Because it's 10. Yeah, you survive in advance. Right. You know, that's like, well, no one wants... You know what? You don't want to get... You have if you have five entries, you don't want to shove with a seven-point favorite and not put and not put that ten point. That's you right. want to have some advance. One should be in there. Um, the, the the game theory of it being well, if you know forty percent are going to be on this one team, you certainly don't want to have all of yours on it though. And and there is the funky rule that I brought up with you about that you can you can enter a survivor up to Sunday, yeah, or or to Saturday night, and the. You, but you can play the Thursday game. So if should Kansas City, some people inevitably will just say, I'll just show up with Kansas City and put my 10 entries in. And if I oh, lose, I'll re-enter. You're like, talking about the week one. Yeah, Dan, yeah. Daniel Negrano style. I'll rebuy. You know? Rebuy. Right. So um, because of that, normally there wouldn't be that many people taking Kansas City. It's not an optimal play or anything close to it. But because it's Thursday night, you're going to see that. So should Kansas City lose, 
to Detroit, yeah. I am compelled to immediately enter 10 oh. times because now I'm getting a 10% overlay. Not from Circa. There's not going to be an overlay, right. but from all the people that donked off their chips with so, this strategy. So you, if Kansas City wins, you will not play Survivor at all? If I play, I have to recognize I'm paying like a 3% rake. I see. Maybe I'll still play, but I'm play, but I'm playing with the rake because oh, that's because they're 1-0. Oh. It's, it's almost like a free throw shooting contest right. where we all shoot like 75%. And I'm going to have to play against 10% of the group that made their first free throw well, is the way I would put it. That's your mathematical brain kicking in. I think there's a lot of people who are going to play Detroit, right, hoping for the Detroit win. And if they lose, if Kansas City wins, they're just going to re-up and buy oh, 10 more. I'll, I'll put the over-under on how many people play Detroit. If there's, I, I, would, I would say six. You That's think it's that few that will play it yeah, that I'll way. go six. You want to go over-under? Oh, I'll go over. Way really? over. Dinner. Oh, yeah. Dinner. 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 How many? like dinner. I'll just use my points. I'll just. It's a, yeah, By the way, there is a, there is there is an example though with when you play horse against Steve Fezzik or Gill, and you're standing at about 18 feet out and just banking endless bankers off of them. You can give them any advantage possible. You could give them a 25 percent overlay. They're never going to beat you in horse if you can endlessly hit bank shots from 18 feet. So for for like a, two years, I I heard Todd tell me about what a star he was and how he was the Jewish Jordan. Yeah, and you know, yeah. for, for all this talk, exactly. I don't, I don't see it. So we play horse, and I don't like, I don't own a basketball. Like yeah. it's, it's so, it I haven't shot like in twenty years, and I get an H O R on him, and I can see the like beads of perspiration he has to go to is like, and he knows I'm an analytics guy, so it's like, oh, just shoot the 16, 16, 18 foot jumper. Fezzing never shoots that because he only shot threes. So he he, he rolled me then. Let me just ask you one. I won't hold you all to a survivor pick because some of us have multiple entries. But if I said to you. You couldn't take any of the top four dog, any of the top four favorites in Survivor. So not the Ravens, not the Commanders, not the Vikings, and what's the fourth one? Not the not the. Uh, there's one other that's like six. Oh, the Chiefs. If you Jaguars, what would be what would be the team besides those four that you might play on a Survivor entry? I said the Broncos. But the Eagles. Oh no, you need the Eagles probably. I said the Broncos. I don't have one. I, I'll say this. Yeah. A bold prediction. Uh, Tampa could, could beat Minnesota. Tampa could easily. beat Minnesota. Easily. Right. That's, that's that's your favorite. That, was, that, that was might be the next question. question. Yeah. yeah, that's at the end of the show, but yeah. Okay. Darn it. That's okay. Um, well, let's get to those final two questions, shall we? I'd say we? Seattle, by the way. That would be my pick. Seattle? At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. All right, so then the final two questions, as always, with the end of every Megapod, uh, which Stevie just just uh, sort of gave a portent of, which is which big, big favorite is the most likely to lose outright? Which game do you want no part of? Which is an interesting question on week one more than any, because I think there's a ton of them. 
But which big favorite most likely to lose outright? Yeah, you say the Minnesota. Vikings to Tampa Bay. Because yep. you think we're underrating Tampa Bay in some way? Uh, no. I think I just think Minnesota could it was a below a slightly below average team by and and, and, and I think they didn't get any better. Yeah. So the, the the wheels could come off this year. The wheels could come off. Doesn't mean they'll come What's off. There? Yeah. Go. Plus, they're a high-variance team. They're 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 the kind of team where Kirk Cousins can throw you two pick sixes or fumble the ball when he's back in the in the in the pocket. And of oh, course, no. we all know turnovers. I mean, turn, turnovers are what make NFL upsets. So you've got Mister Cousins in the pocket. They yeah. strip sack him two times, and you win the game. That's how an NFL upset happens. And they're a high-variance team for that. Sure, they can look great, but they can also make all kinds of mistakes with Mr. Curtis Cousins. Curtis Cousins. Did you, did you see quarterbacks on Netflix? Did Outstanding. You see yeah. And that was, it's so much better than Hard Knocks. It was so, so analytical. Great. I had no oh. idea these guys had to study so much. Yeah. No wonder, like, these the, 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 these quarterbacks, like, f- fail miserably, you know, that don't yeah. put in the hours with the playbook. It's so, yeah, that's right. It's It was so great. I but disagree. Cousins takes Tuesdays off to go to the library in the middle of the season. Tuesdays, I do no football. I just go to the library and I read books during the season. What is this? Yeah. That's true, he did. And he was so nice in the libraries. Wasn't he, he wasn't out clubbing till 3 a.m. Yeah, he was so polite. But the point I was trying to make about that is, like, the Vi- they do a great job of going through all these guys' seasons, right, whether it's Mariota or Mahomes. But in the case of Cousins, like, we for- maybe we don't, but I forgot how unbelievable that Vikings season was. Like, the nature of some of that, that Buffalo game will, will endure forever. How about 33 nothing? How about 33 nothing? And the comeback, the and the greatest comeback in the how, history of the NFL. How cool the was the Vikings coach? He's, you know, I, I didn't call that quarterback sneak you fumbled on. <laughs> yeah, know? oh, he was you might You might want to, he was so controlled. I was like, you, was could just, so you could just see me, like, like yeah. Internet Fezzik would have, like, benched him for the rest of the year. <laughs> Internet Fezzik. I should probably ask that question. We just Because I asked you about Brad Powers earlier. You are such a, I've said this to you before, you're such a nice guy in real life, such a smart guy. What happens to you on the internet? I, I Why let my... do you have this inside of you? What is this DNA strain that makes you want to police the gambling world and become that hateable on Twitter? Why? I, I gave my brother Andy access, so it's him. It's him writing uh, that. Not, no, no, I, yeah. I, 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 it's just a, 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 it's a flaw. It's a flaw. I, I got to improve. I'm, okay. I'm I, well, this it's is a good we, reminder. This I'm is bad. What Todd has always said this about this. Is what Billy, we like about you that you're able to be. Billy, it control. goes back to Dungeons and Dragons, the Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> from the 80s. Yeah. And, you know, touching boobies. Yeah. That's what all this stuff goes back to. And if we want to get into a deep psychological discussion, we all have our uh, weaknesses. I obviously have uh-huh. more than most. But my friend Stevie probably was, you know, very into the Dungeons and Dragons and maybe not getting to touch as many boobies as possible. So, so he, has to, he has to tell everyone he's the greatest so, of all time. You know, people say yeah. I got rejected in high school. Like, like to, that, that's like you have, you have to, like, get to the plate. You have to swing, you know, to get rejected. No, Todd yeah. is on to We're not even that far. So, so Todd, you're saying that the, that the less so, – so touching of boobies is inversely functional to gambling brash, gambling Twitter This brashness. is not really about Stevie. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding about Stevie. I love Stevie. But I do think there is definitely a strain yeah. of, yeah. you know, guy on the Internet who, who has figured out that, you know, fourth and nine is better than fourth and three, and he has to try to tell everybody. And the reasoning behind that is not that he just needs the information himself, but it comes back to what happened, you know, as a 16-year-old when there was a girl he liked and he was yeah. too scared to go up to her. But that's just a, okay. a, a armchair psychology. Too self-aware. 
to, to go after her. By the way, I seem to get everybody in trouble. Even like Will Hill comes with this beautiful family to Las Vegas. I get him kicked out of a casino. <laughs> you know, it's, just, it, it's, it's, it's a problem I have. That is awesome. Uh, <laughs> but one thing before we conclude this, uh, get the last two questions together, wrapped up. You just said something there also that triggers something, Todd, which you said fourth and nine or whatever. First and goal at the 10. Do we agree that there is some sort of in-game opportunity if you can get it right there, that it is much more I, difficult? I, I said that that was, that was, that was one yours. of my favorite things was, yeah. the, was the first and goal at the 9 or 10 is extremely difficult to get the ball in in college, but even more so in the NFL. And I, I think that it, for in-game, you know, now and that's a situation where you can't really do it at a commercial unless a commercial happened right when it was first right, and goal at the right, 10. Right. But if you can rush and get that in somehow – First and you like the other side anyways. First and goal at the ten is very difficult to get it in. And if the other team has this is a high level of analytics, and I hope some NFL team is listening. If another team is like second and three from the fifteen, you should jump off sides automatically. You should let them go to the ten. Oh, now that now what are the chances of a team never get ever getting there? Oh, they'll do it. Yeah, eventually it'll it'll it, they'll do it. Yes, Steve, you said Baltimore this. You made that, that point in recent years. Jump off sides on purpose. Baltimore I think you're right, started. Will. Yeah, you're in, the final, in, in the four-minute drill, when a team has the ball second and two, like they, 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 the team recognizes they're just going to run off another 90 seconds. Just just jump off side, give them the first down, yeah. and now we'll stop them I when think, they run the I ball. I think Will is right, right? The Ravens did do it one time, I believe. Yeah. Yep. Um, Stevie, when I brought this first and goal thing up at the 10 last year, you said I said teams should try to get the other team at first and 10. And you said they're going to start doing it just and, – and you didn't say the thing about the offsides. The offsides, that's a brilliant idea, actually, to jump offsides from the 15 or the 14 on second and three. Just like on but a first I, down play, you, know, you, optim, optim, you don't want to gain 11 yards. You want to gain seven or eight. It's better to gain seven or eight yards on first down than 11. It is so much better as an optimal strategy to jump offsides there. It's, it's almost like, as you say it, it's like such a no-brainer, and yet we've been locked into this way of thinking forever. It's always been done this way, so it's always going to be this way, but it's so true. Establish the uh, run. But it, Big establish the if run. If that becomes a thing, that the offense can just be smart enough to decline the penalties, which, I mean, you're getting to another level of thinking. That's why you need, a good, also, you need a, a good actor. You need the, the, the knucklehead that's always going, like, like, jumping offside to do it to. again. Yeah, then it, you're like right. It's like what Steve was saying. This is the point I wanted to do, and Steve's right. We watch so many more games so than these guys. More. These yep. guys are busy doing X and O, and they're thinking about, uh, hey, Jim, did you get the technique on the defensive end? You know, he, he's not getting down in his stance good enough. we we got to do that, or else he's going to get killed by the left tackle. You know, that's what they're worried about. <laughs> they, we watch 8 billion games. Yes, we in do. fact, I would be so far as to tell you, if I never saw a team play, I don't know anything about the teams. But I've watched 200 college football games, and now this is the 201st. I know nothing about the teams. I would have a better chance of in-game betting winning than a person who knows everything about those teams the and most, just watches the, those the, games. The most extreme example in a high total game, I know this is ridiculous. There's two minutes to play. You're tied. you got fourth and goal from the one. I would almost rather take a knee than kick a field goal. So think about it. Wait, say again. So Wait, fourth, say that again, Steve. Set, up the, set it up it's again. It's 27-all. Yeah. I have fourth and goal on the one-yard line. There's two minutes to play. Yeah. I have two choices. I can take a knee or kick a field goal. I don't know which is right. So obviously what I'm saying is you, you clearly have to go for the touchdown because you get, you're going to get the touchdown 60% you know, percent of the time. But even if you don't make it, Kicking the field goal is worthless. If I'm up three and the other team has the ball, eh, oh, I see what you're saying. I'm you're, close to 50-50. If I stick you on the one, I'm winning. Right. I'm I'm I am I am ahead at you're, that point. You're not saying it's, it's logical. What you're saying is that that 
that percentage-wise, it's almost like taking a knee is almost as it's bad. Good. Yeah, they're, 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 it just shows what a donk move it is right. to kick the field goal. Yeah. What How about move. this one, Fez? Uh, you're down three with four minutes to go. You score a touchdown. Do you kick the extra point to go up four, or would you rather take a knee and be up three? I know that's crazy, but is that a reasonable question? You know, it's actually a reasonable question because when you go up four, then the other team knows exactly what they need. If you're only up three, how often do you see that? Like a team's, a team's down three with two minutes to go, and they matriculate down trying to get into field goal range. Right. And so they're either going to tie you or they're going to lose to you. But if you're up four, uh-oh, here comes the hook and lateral and everything, the four downs yeah. and all that crap, and, and ultimately they wind up winning. That's fascinating. Um, yeah, we, we're solving all of football's problems here. I if, if only w I would love to see some team do that. We're talking about what <laughs> people's heads would explode, but it makes sense. Will, we'll, same question. Uh, he said, Fez said Minnesota, biggest favorite likely to lose outright. You say? Biggest favorite. Like, I'm going to go. I'll throw a little curveball. I'll say Kansas City. They have all sorts of issues on defense now cluster injuries, holdouts. Uh, these first games, it's, it's a mixed bag. They can be a little wonky where the team is tight. They get their rings. Maybe they're distracted. Uh, I'll say Detroit. You know these teams getting the rings though have kicked butt like the past twenty years. Every Recently. time, every time, yeah. every time, like the money comes against them. Yeah, and Did, it's, it's coming against Kansas City, and then they just whack. Didn't used to be that way. Rams right? got killed last year though. That's true. Rams did get killed. So he says Kansas City. Todd. I mean, just to be contrarian here, I don't know if you'll count this as a big favorite, but they're five and a half. The Jaguars are five and a half against the Colts. And I wouldn't be super duper duper shocked to see the the Colts at home. You know, this new offensive coordinator worked with Jalen Hurts, and now he's got another running quarterback. Maybe they could, you know, stir something up and figure something out. Um, I am going to say the Minnesota Vikings, just for the reasons we stated. Like that'd be the one where it, would you be like completely shocked if the Vikings laid an egg, and then it was a tight game at the end, and then they need a score late, and Cousins does something bad? I really wouldn't. It wouldn't shock anybody, I don't think. Um, last question, and this there's a lot of answers to this. I think this week, if you lived in a bizarre world and you had to bet a side on each and every one of these games in Week One, all 16 but one, you get a free pass. You don't have to touch one of them. What's the game you want no part of whatsoever on the side? I'm going to give you two of them. Okay. All right. And this is going to be a different answer than you're going to get all year long. Okay. As a professional better, I focus on spreads that matter. All right. So when the spread is like around one or two, I'm teasing, right? If, it's, if, it's, if it seems like an eight-point favorite, I'm teasing it down. If it's around the three or the seven, I'm trying to get the best of the number. And like a lot of these games qualify across the board where there's like there's no way I can not bet the Buffalo Jets game because I'm either looking to lay two and a half or take three. Same with Cincinnati, Cleveland. However, there's two games lined on five. Ah. Who cares if I get minus four and a half or minus four even or plus five and a half or even plus six? None of those numbers are really worth very much. And so because of that, Jacksonville Indy and the Rams Seattle, eh, you know, I'm not going to I'm not going to be able to steal. It's very unlikely I'm going to be able to steal win with good rogue shopping that you're right. That is a answer we will not get all, all year long. Will Will Hill, everybody from Fox. I love saying that now. Uh, I will go Ravens, Texans. I want no part of Stroud on the road in Baltimore, a Baltimore team that might be improved, but I'm not looking to lay double digits, especially a team that's retinkered their offense. Maybe there's some, some adjustment period. So Ravens, Texans, pretty easy pass for me. Yeah, by the way, with the Ravens and Survivor, like it, just because it's the top favorite, I think there's actually a justification. Like If you don't think the Ravens, like what Will just said, if you don't think the Ravens are going to be all that spectacular, maybe you do just play them also as a, as a team you just don't want to have to deal with later mm. against the Texans. Todd? 
Uh, I, I don't know about this Rams Seahawks game. I mean, last time we checked in with the Rams, they were just in complete disarray. And what's going to be the, the new thing? Does Cooper Cup have hamstrings? Does he not have hamstrings? We're not really sure. I'm pretty sure I, he I don't has really them. Want... I'm pretty sure he has he them does still. Them. Yeah. Okay. I've had some bad hamstrings before. That's yeah. some bad stuff. But no, I don't. I don't. I'm not sure about what this Rams team is at all. And I think there's a lot of variants of what they could theoretically be. I could pick a bunch here. I could pick Dolphins Chargers. I could pick uh, Bengals Browns. Ultimately, I'm going to go Packers Bears. I think that's the one where there is no outcome I would be surprised by. None. Packers blowout, Packers close win, Bears blowout. But the Bears, Bears still win. suck, yo. They all could suck. They all <laughs> they could. Bears all lead 14-10. It's fourth and two. 22 seconds left here. Jordan Love inside the Bears 10-yard line at the 8-yard line. Back to pass. He, he rolls to the five. He's inside the five. What the pass? Fumble! The Bears have it! The Bears cover and Stevie goes down. Wait, wait. There's a flag on the field. <laughs> there's a flag. I think that's the appropriate way to end this. Uh, appreciate it, guys. Week one. Always fun. The Megapod is back. Uh, Steve Fezzik, only back-to-back -back Hilton Super Contest champion. Thank you for doing this. We'll do it again. Honored. Thank you. My man. Uh, and uh, first time on the show, Will Hill from Fox Sports. How good does that sound, Will? You like that? Fox Sports. Will Hill. Yeah, I get used to it. I like it. Thanks. All right. this, Bear was, uh, this was a lot of fun. The Bear Podcast? That's what it is? The Bear, Bear Podcast. Bear Bets Podcast Bear Thursdays. Bets. Okay, Thursdays. The Bear Bets Podcast. Um... And yeah, Will, by the way, for those who didn't get it, because I didn't get it out of him, he's like the funniest human being alive, so we promise to get more funny out of him coming up. Todd Wish, everybody, from his mom's cork attic. Thank you, Todd. Oh, do we cut off his mic? <laughs> he's doing the mouth thing like he doesn't want to talk. <laughs> Todd Wishnev, who can be found on, uh, on Twitter at TWishnev, star of Showtime's docuseries action, for which he still gets recognized, by the way, everywhere we go buffet there's like two women who are like ain't you the guy from from action and todd's like i sure am thanks for noticing would you like my autograph <laughs> thank you todd the lady was telling me i should be dating diana that was best. yeah you were with diana they noticed them are you guys still together it's a beautiful thing thank you all for <laughs> listening good luck with all your bets week one of the national football league At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.